1: Hello, Texas, glad you're with us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: Spring planting in the Texas Panhandle isn't exactly off to a fast start, but if the holdup is rain, Well, that's probably all right. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
3: Is now the right time to buy rural land? I'll have details on what to evaluate. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: Recent
5: rains have improved crop and grazing conditions across most of South Texas. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area.
1: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The latest USDA Cattle on Feed report shows an increase in the number of cattle in Texas feedlots. Jessica Domal has the story.
6: Drought and poor pasture conditions have prompted more cattle producers in Texas to send cattle to feedlots despite higher than normal feed costs. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, two point eight two million head of cattle and calves were on feed in Texas feedlots with a thousand head or more on May 1st. That's up five percent from a year ago. Four hundred and ten thousand head of cattle and calves were placed in feedlots in April. That's up 24 percent from the same time last year. But the American Farm Bureau Federation says we should be mindful moving forward that comparing this year's statistics to last year's will be difficult due to the slowdown seen at Packers in 2020 due to the coronavirus pandemic. Texas commercial feeders marketed 450,000 head in April. That's up 15 percent from last year. Texas, Kansas, and Nebraska led the nation in total fed cattle numbers and account for 65% of the U.S.'s total inventory. There are a total of 11.725 million head-on feed in the United States. For the Texas Farm Bureau, Radio Network I'm Jessica Domo.
1: Wheat harvest is underway here in Texas, and the results are very mixed. Matt Sedliff harvested his wheat near Beeville and says the crop wasn't all that great, but it was much better than he expected.
4: When we planted it, we put out the fertilizer and got about four-tenths of an inch right there when we started. So it started off to a great start, but we had absolutely no moisture after that. Uh, But uh, good Lord blessed us, and we turned out. We got uh, It averaged about 25 bushels to the acre with no rain. So. That's, uh, it was a lot better than I expected it to be.
1: So given the drought situation that plagued the crops, Lip was very happy to get that 25 bushels. Spring planting in the Texas Panhandle isn't really off to a fast start this year thanks to the rain, but most farmers are probably okay with that. James Hunt has the story
2: from Amarillo. The abundance of rain received by much of the Texas Panhandle recently has created a bit of a hitch. Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says some farmers are experiencing planting delays of about a week although probably not a lot of them are complaining.
6: I do think that most producers can sit back and say, you know, this is a minor inconvenience. They know that this rainfall is really going to be beneficial.
2: For sorghum growers, there really shouldn't be much of a delay issue at all, as June is more typically the time when that crop is planted, and Dr. Bell says there really is no significant threat for corn, as many area farmers are now going with shorter season hybrids, where maturity is reached in about 110 days versus the 130 days or so that used to be standard.
6: What that does is actually enable them to plant later in the season. It narrows the irrigation window. And also there's some benefits because we are shifting the period of highest water demand, which is the tasseling period, out of the period of peak heat in the summer into August, which is generally when our temperatures... Start to decline a little bit, we start to increase our chance of fall precipitation.
2: So it sounds like not much of a problem with rain delays for corn or sorghum, but when we look to the panhandle's other major summer crop, cotton, that crop has been dealt a blow by another aspect of our recent weather. Dr. Bell says some newly emerged cotton received extensive hail damage, leaving farmers with decisions to make about what to do next. We'll discuss that in tomorrow's report. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Is now the time to
3: buy rural land here in Texas? Tom Nicoletti looks for an answer. To answer that question and more, we go to Tyler Jacobs. He is partner broker with Hall Hall LLP out of College Station. And uh, Tyler... uh, People may be interested in buying some rural land across Texas at this time as uh, things have uh, certainly uh, are moving in the right direction as opposed to uh, what has occurred over the last year. And so we're going to touch upon a few bullet points regarding this, uh, and we're going to start with values and define what uh, you're talking about that as it uh, references uh, the economics of uh, purchasing land.
7: Well, I think for the most of the state, not all of the state, but most of the state has seen pretty steep increases in pricing in the last six months, nine months or a year. And some of those increases have been even just outstanding as, and, and almost incomprehensible. And so getting the questions a lot, am I overpaying? What would that look like? Is Am I making a good choice? And one of the things to do there is is step back and just kind of break it down as far as the value goes. And there's a couple of things you can do there to help evaluate that fairly. And, you know, the first thing that I generally say is if you're new to an area, it's always good to go to a a third-party resource like the Real Estate Center, which is a a kind of a quasi-governmental entity funded by the state of Texas to look at these values on almost a county-by-county level. And you can see kind of what pricing has done and the trends have done in those regions or or, or that specific region in in the last. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, and maybe get a little better understanding of what the nominal values of land versus the real values of land, have, what they have done, and have a little bit of understanding of the basis of appreciation. And then you can certainly compare that with the information you can find on your own on the internet as as far as what the offerings look like, what they're priced at, what the range of pricing is. When you go to actually look at a specific piece of property, then there's always uh, some good help there from your real estate professionals to help you understand the comparable sales and what has sold that is directly comparable to that property. So there's lots of information out there for a buyer to consider to maybe rightly evaluate, am I overpaying for this property? Is this property
3: a fair value? I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Recent rains have improved crop and grazing conditions across most of South Texas. Harvey Buring reports from Corpus Christi.
5: Well, the month of May has brought some beneficial moisture to many locations in South Texas, and that has uh, certainly been the case for the Lower Coastal band area. Although not every location has been blessed with large amounts of rainfall, all locations have received enough to stimulate some pasture growth and help improve crop conditions. Unfortunately, these rains did come about a month too late to make a significant improvement to the corn crop and its yield potential. But cotton and grain sorghum yields potentials are certainly improving, as this is a time when fruiting is beginning and those crops are needing additional moisture. Now, a field day is being planned over at the Corpus Christi A&M AgriLife Extension Center, and that will be held on May 26. It'll be hosted by Dr. Josh McGinty, the extension agronomist, who will be showcasing his plots featuring three new breeding lines of grain sorghum that have uh, the ability to tolerate different types of herbicides, and this should be a major innovation to help producers control their weeds and give them more weed control options in the sorghum crops that they plant in the future. So, individuals attending this field day can earn some CEU credits that will go toward the renewal of their pesticide license. Now, county extension agents here in the coastal Bend are also trying to do their part to get the agricultural community back to normal and the San Patricia County. Field Crops Committee has announced that their annual crop tour will be conducted on the afternoon of June the 1st. And over in New Aces County, the following morning of June the 2nd, the County Crop Committee will be conducting a tour at the county building in Robstown beginning at 8.30 that morning. All participants will have an opportunity to earn some continuing education credits by participating in these events, and for more details, you're encouraged to contact your local county extension office for specific time and locations for these events. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Coastal Bend area for Texas Ag Today.
6: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department will recognize landowners' conservation efforts this week at a virtual banquet. I'm Jessica Dormel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And it's once again anthrax time in Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on
1: everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. It is once again anthrax time in Texas, and it's important to vaccinate your herd if you're in an anthrax prone area. Texas veterinarian Dr.
8: Bob Judd has more. Because we have had outbreaks of anthrax in recent years, vaccination is a good idea. The vaccine is dependable and has been proven to protect cattle, swine, sheep, horses, and goats from this disease. In Texas, anthrax commonly occurs in a triangular area in southwest Texas between Ozona, Uvalde, and Eagle Pass. Vaccinating this spring will usually be effective at preventing the disease in susceptible animals, as this disease usually occurs after a wet spring followed by hot, dry conditions. Symptoms in cattle are acute fever, staggering, difficulty breathing, seizures, and sudden death. However, most cattle are simply found dead with a carcass bloated quicker than normal, with a lack of rigor mortis, and also a bloody discharge from body openings. Now, a lot of these signs can also occur in cattle without anthrax, depending on the temperature and the period of time since the animal died until discovery. However, if you have animals that die, especially in the southwest Texas area, Anthrax is certainly possible, and you want to be careful dealing with these carcasses. Wear gloves when dealing with the carcasses, as anthrax can infect people and never open the carcass, but call your vet for samples to be taken for an accurate diagnosis. The carcasses must be burned using gasoline, diesel, or wood until thoroughly consumed to prevent further contamination of the soil in the area. Again, anthrax is a reportable disease, So call your veterinarian if you feel you may have suspect cases on your ranch, and remember to be safe handling the carcasses. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department will recognize landowners' conservation efforts this week at a virtual banquet. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report.
6: This Thursday, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department will recognize landowners who have gone above and beyond to conserve the state's natural resources. The annual Lone Star Land Steward Awards Banquet will be held at 6 p.m. Thursday. Justin Dribelbliss, director of TPWD's Private Lands and Public Hunting Program, says this year's event will be live-streamed due to the coronavirus pandemic.
4: That was a tough call last year, having to cancel the event, but it was the right thing to do to keep people safe. This year, I never in a million years would have imagined we'd be asking ourselves the same questions about safety and if we can have an in-person event, but things are getting back to normal, but not as, as quickly as, as we were hoping they would. So the decision was made to have a virtual event this year. And so we'll have our virtual Lone Star Land Steward Awards on May the 27th at 6 p.m.
6: The program recognizes landowners for exemplary private land stewardship and captures inspirational ranch heritage and stewardship stories to share with and hopefully inspire other landowners.
4: In Texas, we're over 95% privately owned, so any meaningful natural resource conservation activity is going to have to take place on private land, and there's nobody who cares more about our natural resources than private landowners around the state. The blood, sweat, and tears that they're putting into their properties is positively benefiting you and me and all other Texans through the water we drink, the air we breathe, the food we eat. This is our opportunity to say thanks and to also just capture those important stories and share them with the public.
6: The awards event will be live streamed on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's YouTube channel. Again, that's at 6 p.m. on Thursday. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
3: The
1: corn market tanked early in Tuesday's trade, and that helped to support cattle prices. We'll take a look at Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. The corn market tanked on Tuesday, and that caused feeder cattle prices to move higher. We'll get to that corn market in just a second. First, let's start with the cattle market. We had a mixed close on live cattle with June down two cents, one sixteen seventy-two, the August unchanged, one twenty ten, October live cattle up twenty-five at one twenty-four fifty-two. But some good strength in the feeders off of that lower corn market. May feeders up thirty-five, one thirty-six sixty-two. August up 255, 156.67. September feeder cattle up 252 at 157.92. Cash fed cattle market seeing some early trade on Tuesday. We have light sales reported at higher money. 120 seems to be the price so far this week. That's a buck higher than last week asking prices on cattle are 120 and higher this week boxed beef prices climbing higher once again choice up a dollar 47 32930 select up $1.67 dollar 67 at 30506 now let's check the auction barns we're walking the pens with larry marble
8: when you hear that auctioneer sound off, it's time to head out to Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde, and talk to Klein Spear. Klein, how did the Thursday cattle sale turn out?
9: We had a nice little run today, Larry. A little lighter with the rains around. We had 284 head. The number one choice steers, dollar 35 to dollar 55. The lightweight, dollar 55 to a dollar The number one choice heifers were dollar to a dollar The lightweights, dollar 25 to dollar 55. The crossbred steers brought a dollar 25 dollar The lighter weights, a dollar fifty to a dollar seventy-five. The heifers, a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Bite weight crossbred heifers, a dollar twenty-five to a dollar forty-five. Stocker cows, seventy to ninety-five. Get a packer bulls, were eighty to ninety-two. The breaker cows were sixty to seventy-two. The cutters and canners were fifty-two to fifty-eight. And the Shelly cows are thirty-five to forty-two. The good cow calf pairs didn't have many of them today. About a thousand bucks. The planer ones got a couple of them, eight to nine fifty. And red cows didn't have. A whole lot today they were running probably 850 to 950 and overall i'd say the calf market was three to five better and a lot of demand looking for some cattle with the short numbers and good kind of replacement type cows are definitely in demand and seems like the packard cows are wanting to give a little more money for them now and try to get some numbers so overall it seems like the market's headed in the right direction if you're selling
8: good do you know of anything for next week
9: we got a couple deals uh kind of in the works on some cows. We'll know a little more on them when we talk Tuesday. We'll have a sheep and goat sale Tuesday, and we should have probably eight hundred to a thousand head on Tuesday.
8: Tell everybody how to get a hold of y'all.
9: Give us a call at the office eight three oh two seven eight five six two one on My cell phone eight three oh five nine one thirty two forty one.
8: We appreciate it, Klein. Thank you.
9: <laughs> Thank you, Larry.
8: Texas Farm and Ranching and Neighbors, that's it. All the time we've got for this edition of Walk in the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I've been your host. Good day to you. Now back over to the futures market, where
1: lean hogs closed sharply higher. June hogs up a dollar ninety, one fifteen twenty-five. July hogs up two seventeen at one seventeen fifty. Class three milk was slightly higher. May milk up a penny, eighteen ninety-six dollars hundred. June milk up nineteen cents at seventeen seventy-four. The cotton market closed slightly higher. Traders seem to think that we've gotten some really good rain across Texas in places where we need it. Now, whether that's the case or not is one thing. Traders seem to think it is, so that moved the market a bit lower. We close with July cotton down 11 points, 8,271. October down 8, 8,367. December down 20 points, 8,309. As we mentioned earlier, the corn market just fell apart early in Tuesday's trading. It looks like the funds came into the market, sold the market hard. That put a lot of pressure. A couple of reasons they may be selling it is because of a rapid planting pace as planting gets going in the corn belt and beneficial rains across much of the corn belt as well. We close with July corn down 37 cents, 620 and a quarter, September corn down 27 and a quarter, 541 and a quarter. That weakness spilled over into the wheat market July Kansas City wheat down 10 and three quarters closing at 604 and a half in the energy markets July crude oil was down 17 cents 6650 a barrel the financial markets slightly lower the Dow down 81 points 34312 the NASDAq down 4 13657 the s p down 8 40188. That wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. See you next time, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information,